Life, Family, Liberty. I'm your host, Jonathan Keller. Happy to be with you on this fine Monday of Independence Day week, joined in the wonderful studios of Right to Life Central California by John Girardi. Hey, good to be here. John, thanks for hosting as always. It is the 4th of July this Thursday. I'm all confused because I'm leaving town next or at the end of the week for a 90th birthday party. My grandpa is turning oh, 90. Wow. So Julia and Hudson and I are going to go see my mom and my grandpa and grandma and a bunch of the cousins and things back in Wichita, Kansas. The, Sounds good. The city of my birth. All right. There you go. Uh, but I'm very confused because up until I think like yesterday, I was convinced that the 4th of July was Wednesday. Oh. <laughs> so I was looking. You were kind just of, totally off by a day. Yeah. I was kind of panicking this week. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've only got like two things to get stuff, two days to get stuff done and then we're gone. And then. Then you realized. And then I realized Julia's like, no, no, Thursday is the 4th of July. So fortunately, we have a little bit more time. Uh, one thing, well, we have the exact same amount of time. You just, well, that's true. You're, you're just the one who was all confused. One thing that I might consider doing with all my extra 24 hours of life uh, is maybe picking up a, a new hobby, maybe trying to, I don't know, like test out my, my grill, seamless weekend discussion transition. There you go. So I, I, for the second week in a row, I managed to get a Sam's club. Sam's club is, is they're just, they're just giving this stuff away. <laughs> They've got briskets, big old USDA prime brisket, not choice. We're talking prime, which is the good stuff, which is the good stuff, prime briskets. And they're selling them for three bucks and 30 cents a pound, which is a stinking steal. It's like what you'd pay for ground beef. That is basically as, so, as someone who pays way too close attention to the per pound price of meat. Um, that is a crazy that good, is a good deal. So I, for the second week in a row, I decided to smoke some brisket on my little Weber kettle grill. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty great. So I brought a few slices for Jonathan, um, Jonathan, can sample some during the commercial break and, and give us a full report. I have, I have to tell you, I um, <laughs> it's a little I, early in the morning well, for brisket, but but I, but I did not have breakfast this morning, so um, oh, I've, well, been I've been trying to be slightly better. I've I've had smoothies the last couple mornings, and you know, but just a little bit. But but brisket is a welcome change. The best part of waking up is, is brisket, brisket in your face. That's right. There you go. I uh, I love it. So. Um, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I I actually sent a message when I saw John's uh, wife Holly post on Instagram. Uh, Johnny looking like a kid in a candy store, uh, cutting into brisket round two. I said, "Was it as good as last time?" And Holly's one word reply was, "Better." I I actually I thought there were some parts of it, it. It cooked a little bit unevenly. There were some parts of it that I thought got a little dry, um, but. But you can I blame that okay. on the meat. Well, well, no, you can't blame that on the meat. You got to blame that on me. It's never the meat's fault. It's All my right. Fault. Um, but um, so I, I, I think it's it's still a it's it's still a learning process, and there are still things to be refined. You know, life is a journey. Life is a journey where you constantly learn new things, and That's and true. and you're we're never a finished product. We're That's always true. there's always room to grow and room to improve. And, uh, you know, the good Lord's still working on me that's, and I'm still working on that brisket. Well, you know what, John, I think this, that's actually a great example. I think another person who is still growing and evolving, even after more than 47 years in public life is, is Joe Biden, Joe Biden. <laughs> hey, how about that for a transition? Uh, 
the former vice president of the United States was on stage, made his much awaited front runner status debut in the second Democratic presidential debate on Thursday. Uh, standard disclaimer, Right to Life Central California and California Family Council, we are both nonpartisan, nonsectarian, nonprofit organizations. We don't endorse candidates. We don't oppose candidates. We just talk about the news and we talk about interesting things that we see. So we will say on that note, um, John, did you watch either of the debates or did you decide, you know, I'm no, I'm, no. Okay. Not one, not one second of one debate. I watched most of the first one and good chunks of the second one. Okay. And at some points throughout the day, when we, uh, when we come back from breaks throughout, I, I will probably try to, uh, play some clips, but uh, John, the thing that was interesting to see was Joe Biden, we talked about this several weeks ago, was his ongoing evolution on certain Democratic policy issues. Um, our home state Senator Kamala Harris had a shiv and came, yeah. out of, came out of nowhere to attack him over the issue of busing, um, a incredibly relevant issue to 2019 say, America. Like, like that, that seems like very old. I mean, I don't know. doesn't seem like it's a hot button topic today, but you know, whatever. Well, here's the thing, John, it was a relevant topic because by attacking Joe Biden over the issue of busing and his position, which apparently is out of step with the current democratic orthodoxy on the issue of busing. Um, the, that's the problem with Joe Biden. He, he was in the Senate for like 30 years yes. before he was vice president, and then he was vice president for eight years. So he's got a track record like a mile long that people can use to you know, criticize all kinds of different positions he has taken in the past. And, and John, I think it's also important to point out a lot of times when we're on this show, sometimes we will, we will jokingly say something, something for like X number of years. But no, in this case, Joe Biden was actually in the Senate for i believe he was elected in 70 he was like only 29 or 30 yes. years old when he was first elected was, as senator in delaware and i think it was in the 70s yes so yes. he's been in the senate an absurd he was in the senate for an absurdly long time he ran for president twice before and in fact i don't know if i'll play this clip i'd, I'd love to find it but there was the one good line that Eric Swalwell had, who is a California congressman, who is generally speaking kind of a kind of a doof. I mean, he's, yes, I don't think many people are going to be picking him for uh, president or for um, anything, many think, other things other than being his county, uh, county dog catcher. Yeah. I mean, he, he's an elected congressman from a uh, district in California. But the one good line that he had that I thought was was effective, um, he, of course, the delivery was awful and he 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 drug it on too long but he said when i was six years old i remember at the california democratic convention uh a presidential candidate came <laughs> and said it's time to pass the torch to a new generation of americans and, blah, 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 and you know it's time for new leadership that presidential candidate was joe biden <laughs> <laughs> and that was it was actually a really that's good really, line that's really hilarious and he pointed out and he when goes, he was eric swallow who seems like he's a man in his 40s yeah uh, uh, he's <laughs> i i think he's actually just a bit older than me so i think he's uh, okay. Um, I, I, this was, I think Swalwell was born in like either 80 or 81, maybe. So Joe Biden's been running for president for about 30 years. Yes, ba basically. I mean, not only been in the Senate, but I mean, literally his first presidential campaign was the 2000, I'm sorry, the 19, 
88 presidential campaign. Um, A lot of water under the bridge since then. A lot of different positions Joe Biden's taken since then. And this is something that we saw. He got attacked on all these different positions. Most of the positions that he got attacked on, uh, busing and uh, climate change and economics and healthcare. A lot of these issues are not really normally relevant to the purview of life, family, liberty. We don't, we don't take political stances on a lot of other issues. I mean, forget the, forget the partisan issue. I mean, John, you could, one could host a, a two hour radio show, a three hour radio show talking about these things. I mean, for crying out loud, Rush Limbaugh does it every day. There's lots of radio hosts that host long radio shows on a daily basis talking about these issues. One could. Um, So, We'll we'll leave that to the people who will have those longer radio shows to discuss all those issues. But I I do want to talk about the the most relevant things that we talked about here. Which um, number one in one of the attacks on uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris pointed out the fact that well, you know it's relevant. These issues are relevant because I I don't think that just supporting busing or apologizing for your past position is enough we need to still be fighting for civil rights and that's why we need the voting rights act and that's why we need the equality act equality act and it is something john that is just frustrating to me that we continue to see nonchalantly the conflation of rights for people who identify as lgbt conflated with civil rights and opposition sincere religious beliefs that oppose participating in religious ceremonies relating to uh the lgbt community marriage etc being equated with um jim crow era segregation policies and threats of physical violence from people of faith right uh and this is the constant Refrain. So for those who don't know what the Equality Act is, basically the Equality Act would ban any kind of, quote, discriminatory conduct within business on the basis of what's called SOGI, sexual orientation and gender identity. Essentially what this would do is any uh, wedding florist who doesn't, or any, uh, you know, Wedding cake baker who doesn't yeah. want to bake a cake. Anyone within the wedding industry who does not want to put his or her creative talents to use to celebrate gay marriage would have to, would either, would do so at their peril. Essentially, if they refuse to do uh, any of those kinds of services for a gay wedding, they could be subject to lawsuits and fines and have their business destroyed. Uh, Jack Phillips from Colorado is the cake baker who has been the subject of this kind of attack for uh, several years now and was partially vindicated at the U.S. Supreme Court. And unfortunately, that case is probably going to be heading back because Jack Phillips is up for round three. Mm -hmm. Um, He was was sued, then he was re-sued again, and that case was dismissed relatively quickly. But now a third round has come under attack and then also in the case of you mentioned florists uh baronel stutzman the uh, owner of arlene's flowers in washington state was her case was remanded back to the washington state supreme court and yet despite masterpiece cake shop they ruled again to say nope you are a evil bigot and you need to 
conform or get out of business. Now, it, it also has a broader impact beyond just like the wedding industry because it includes gender identity and gender expression. So, for example, the Equality Act would force hospitals and insurers to provide or pay for certain kinds of therapies, you know, these sort of transition therapies like hormone blockers and surgeries. So Catholic hospital, for example, there have been Catholic hospitals that have already been sued for declining to perform hysterectomies on otherwise healthy women who want to become, you know, who want to transition to become men. And uh, the ACLU is trying to sue people like that for refusing to perform those kinds of procedures. So the Equality Act would lead to more lawsuits like that. There's a lot of gender identity stuff that will infringe upon the First Amendment uh, free exercise of religion rights of a lot of religious institutions. There are tons of issues that came up in the debate. We're going to talk about these and more when we come back on today's episode of Life, Family, Liberty. Welcome back to Life, Family, Liberty. I am your host, Jonathan Keller from California Family Council. Happy to be with you on this fine Monday. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend. John, I can't hardly believe it, but it is July 1st. The first six months of 2019 are in the books. I mean, I don't know. I feel like time moves at about the same rate. It's about one day a day. So I'm, I'm actually, I, it, I actually can completely believe it. You know, see, this is why, this is why John is the, the grumpy old man <laughs> of the show. I never understand the whole, oh, it just feels like, I don't know. Grumble, grumble. It does feel like the last year has kind of gone quickly just for my wife and I just seeing how enormous <laughs> our kid is, Jack, who was born on July 30th of last year and now walks, says several words, um, and uh, yeah, it's pretty great. He's, he's He gets up in the morning and he's asking where his sisters are, so he goes, scissors, scissors, scissors. Wow. Um, he uh, walks around. He promptly smacked his face against a table this morning. Oof. So that was great. He's bleeding. Oh, man. Bleeding on my shirt. That's okay. Well, I whatever. Know. Looks fine. He's fine. He's already got a chipped tooth. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 he's just a boy. He's just doing boy stuff. A little different than having girls, I assume? Yeah, he's just a little hood rat. And just goes around doing hood rat stuff. <laughs> That's our little guy. There little Jack. Well... I'm trying to come up with a good transition. Um, Hudson, I, I, I will sh I will at least pivot to family stuff too. Um, my son, Hudson, uh, will be two in September, and it does seem very surreal. I can't quite believe that it's been that long, and he is now repeating almost everything. Um, he's at the point where his uh, vocabulary is getting a lot better, so he can say almost any word that Julia and I say. Um, and he is much more aware. So we've realized we have to be a little more cautious with our conversations. Ah. Um, you know, there's just normally so much profanity gotta clean flying up. around. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, Julia's got to clean up her bleeping it's, language. It's crazy. So I, I've had to talk with her multiple times. No, say, Julia, uh, come on, Lord, come on. No, it's, uh, it's uh, mouth like a sailor. That's right. Just your mother with that thing. <laughs> but there is a, uh, 
it, it, it's it's always interesting to go through all these different new stages and um i will say john one of my favorite favorite videos that i saw your wife post was uh, jack looking ready like he was anticipating his revenge with his sisters playing like uh yeah mr oh, potato yeah. head with him yeah he he's very shortly going to be bigger than both of them i think like i don't know like two weeks um <laughs> he's he, he the other thing we've noticed is that they all wear the same diaper size so like their butts are all the same size it's just that maddie and sophie have longer legs and torsos that's all it is um it's just a difference of who is stretched out the most yes that no. yeah that does make sense so, yeah um so i'm there's no good way to transition talking about fun kid stuff to talking about frustrating <laughs> political stuff so there i'll just go. i'll just make the shift um, let's do it so going back to the the presidential debates of last week there was a lot of fascinating discussion about the the positions that many of the democrats have taken um especially on the abortion issue mm -hmm. and on abortion funding especially yes. through the hyde amendment yes um there was several points throughout the debate where they were asked about uh what let me actually uh let me actually look here and see um all the hand raising questions oh yes there was there was multiple times where they were asked things like you know would you put any limits at all on abortion and the thing that was really frustrating disappointing to see i i wish i could say it was surprising but it was just disappointing mm -hmm. was when elizabeth warren on the first night of the debate was grilled and said by savannah guthrie so kudos to her i mean i'm, I'm glad that she actually asked the question yeah you know do you basically support any limits on abortion whatsoever whatsoever in terms of age in terms of ability in terms of um uh sex or disability are there are there any limits at all that you say you know what maybe we should not allow this abortion to occur and consequently because you support taxpayer funding for abortion maybe this is an abortion that the people, taxpayers should not have to pay for yeah i mean is there anything at all and essentially she gave this kind of meandering wandering filibustering answer and more or less declined to reject actually say that there was any situation where she wouldn't fund an abortion yes. i also deeply appreciated um catholic julian castro <laughs> allegedly catholic julian oh my castro, gosh um promoting the idea that we should have like and this is just the greatest confluence of intersectional liberal left-wing thought possible in 2019 we should be able to have government funded abortions for transgender men for those of you confused by that that means a biological female who is now trying to transition to be a man but still has a uterus and hasn't had a hysterectomy and had sexual relations with a guy and is now pregnant so this it, and, and, but but then also wants to have an abortion and wants it publicly funded so julian castro is cool with that only in contradiction to about 
10 teachings of the Catholic religion, uh, 10 different infallible and infallibly proclaimed teachings of the Roman Catholic religion to which he is allegedly, uh, supposedly, supposedly, uh, uh, to which he belongs. So I guess he belongs in the simple sense that some, at some point a priest poured water over his, his head and baptized him. So we'll give him that Sure. Other than that, other than that baseline, uh, not sure how in any way he can uh, call himself much of a practicing Catholic. So the, the crazy thing on that, John, was uh, again you look at the you look at the level of what issues do people care about, and and again, uh, full disclosure, I think that very often politicians do a very poor job of talking about issues. I I I think this is one reason why, again, as a matter of notice and commentary. Mm-hmm. This is a reason why I think President Trump actually broke through in the 2015-2016 election cycle was that a lot of other people were talking about um, all these very specific minutia points of policy detail. and Really, points of high church, left-wing, intersectional orthodoxy. Yes. Ignoring things like, hey, do you know that... Uh, Factory workers haven't had any real, uh, you know, real income increase in, yep. you know, X people number of years. Losing jobs people are losing jobs. Like, there is a certain, uh, I mean, a large reason why Trump won is because the Democrats put forward a terrible candidate who, yes. was, who completely failed to, gen- you know, energize her base. And that's not an opinion. That's an objective fact. Yes. <laughs> but... Um, there's also, I think, a sense of, you know, here's Hillary Clinton making sure she bows before all these various you know, votive altars. Uh, here's the altar of public funding for abortion. Here's the fun- altar of LGBTQ plus IA, ABCDEFG. Here's the altar of this. Here's the altar of that. Here's the altar of the corporate sponsorship for sort of moderate left-wing Democrats. She was so busy bowing to all of these things that she allowed someone like President Trump to beat her. It was in one of the great upsets in the history of American politics. And I think the Democrats are in danger of something similar happening, which we will talk about when we come back on Life, Family, Liberty. Welcome back to Life, Family, Liberty. I'm your host, Jonathan Keller, CEO of California Family Council in the studios of Right to Life Central California, courtesy of my co-host and friend john girardi good to be here as always jonathan and i've come bearing gifts so i'll say for those of you watching on facebook live land if you're if you're just listening you are missing out you should go to facebook.com slash california family to watch the incredibleness that's about to occur we'll paint an audio picture so i'm holding in my hands some brisket that i smoked over this weekend my formerly beef stained fingers or currently beef currently beef stained figures uh this is a usda prime brisket and I smoked it for about seven hours on my Weber kettle grill. Has a simple salt and pepper rub, and uh, I promised Jonathan I'd I'd bring him some. And I've delivered. So cheers, cheers indeed. So, so on air review, Jonathan. Um, as you said, John, it is uh, got a great little uh, bark slash crust on the outside. Uh, very simple but delicious. Not too crunchy. Uh, as you said, also, there is the telltale smoke ring, the pinkish hue, and uh, some good marbling, too. Oh, yeah. How big was this whole piece that you smoked? This was a 12-pound brisket. Wow. 
So started as twelve pounds, but it probably shrunk down to about ten after trimming and a lot of the fat rendering out. Now, do you wrap it in foil or just sits there on the grill? Mm-hmm. It sits on the grill until it gets to about one hundred sixty degrees, and then at one hundred sixty, it gets to this point called the stall, where it, it just sort of sits at one hundred sixty as it's kind of building up heat and stuff. And at that point, you wrap it up. You can the best way to do it is with butcher paper. Hmm. But um, I have a tiny little Weber kettle grill, so it's not always advisable to do that. So this is called the Texas Crutch. You use foil. Hmm. So you wrap it up in foil, and you let it sit there for the remaining about 35 degrees of temperature increase until it gets to about 190, 195, 200 degrees. And then once it's wiggly and tender, take it out. You let it sit for about an hour, and then slice it up, baby. Now we've got brisket for the next week. So the at the Girardi house... We're going to have some meals of brisket fried rice, uh, brisket stroganoff, um, brisket tacos. I, I wouldn't complain. Uh, brisket stir fry. Yeah, it, it kind of brisket lasagna. I don't know. So <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Hey, Just use slices of brisket instead that, of lasagna noodles. You know, that's, like, that's, like, that's like a keto... Um, this is that's like a, a keto uh, fever dream having yes. uh, you know the brisket lasagna instead of the pasta. You just use slabs of brisket. I told my wife that we're eating beef on air this segment. I texted her and she texted back an image of Liz Lemon rolling her eyes, which is her her absolute Blurg. favorite. Yeah. Uh, so I apologize, Holly. But no, I you know John, I will say we started the beginning of the show by mentioning that it is Fourth of July week and that we are. So yeah, are, go go buy yourself some brisket. Good patriots. Doggone it. Go and salute the flag, bake an apple pie, watch some baseball, cook, ce- some, celebrate. cook some Texas barbecue. Just throw up your hands at the absolute insanity that is the NBA offseason and uh, and eat some beef. There you go. God bless America. That's right. Okay, John, since right. I brought it up, and yes, we are going to talk about this article I have up from Katie Yoder at Town Hall talking about uh, no, not all women support abortion. A a response to Elizabeth Warren and to Amy Klobuchar and to Kirsten Gillibrand. But 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 before we get to that, John, I just I did have to just quickly. Well, no, you know what? I'm going to save it because we have one more segment after this, don't we? We're going to say we're going to do this. is called a tease, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to save our NBA off season talk. And all the, right, we'll the big, save that the for big next. moves yeah. for the next segment. Okay. So, so let me shift it here. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read this article from Katie Yoder. This was actually published just today. And I'm going to read a couple segments of it, and then you and I can comment, John. Sure. The title is Democratic Debates. No, not all women support abortion. Katie Yoder, writing in town hall, goes on to say, The Democratic debates are painting abortion as an issue that all women support. But nothing could be further from the truth. Numbers show that women, even more than men, are divided on the procedure that ends countless unborn lives. Seven of the Democratic presidential candidates looking to challenge President Trump in 2020 touched on abortion during last week's debates. Beta O'Rourke, Governor Jay Inslee of Washington, Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, Julian Castro, Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, Senator Sanders of Vermont, and Senator Kristen Gillibrand of New York. By the way, I have some audio coming live from the Beto O'Rourke um, campaign plane. I, I'd just like to provide that audio for you. Hold on one second. Let me cue it up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Necesitamos un médico. Necesitamos ayuda, ayuda, por favor. Beto es no bueno. That's how that's how good his campaign went. Yeah. Um, uh, debate. Yeah. It was and uh, oh, right, anyway. I'm going to get too angry if I talk about that. Um, of the bunch, back to the article. Of the bunch. 
Kirsten Gillibrand delivered the lengthiest comments and won the media's admiration for it. On June 27th, the senator directed her abortion remarks, quote, to America's women and to the men who love them. You know what? I'm just saying that seems awfully both transphobic and homophobic. Senator yeah. Gillibrand. Yeah, what about the nine bi- non-binary people who love them, huh? That's right. I'm just, How about that? You know? Kirsten. <sighs> whatever. Jeez, I mean, it's whatever. Your, your funeral. Um, and then, quote, she goes on to say, quote, women's reproductive rights are under assault by President Trump and the Republican Party, she began. 30 states are trying to overturn Roe v. Wade right now, she said of the 1973 Supreme Court decision. An ABC News fact check later reported that while several states have enacted so-called trigger laws, which would immediately make abortion illegal and the state should Roe v. overturned, the number was not near 30 states. Yeah. Unquote. That's that's a direct um, Planned Parenthood talking point, though. Yes. Yeah. As she continued, Gillibrand called it, quote, mind-boggling to her that, quote, we are debating this on this stage in 2019 among Democrats, whether women should have access to reproductive rights. They weren't actually debating it. They all just completely agreed that they were universally affirming it. Yeah. In 2019, one of my one of my least favorite kinds of arguments in this day and age, um, calling out President Trump and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, she claimed that, quote, I have been the fiercest advocate for women's reproductive freedom for over a decade. Unquote. Before promising that as president, quote, I will guarantee women's reproductive freedom no matter what. John, I'm realizing that I'm doing a very condescending Kirsten Gillibrand voice. but Well, it's also I will guarantee it no matter what. Well, what if the matter, which is a what, is a majority in Congress does not agree with you? Well, we're just going to yeah. exercise an imperial president. I realize every presidential candidate makes big promises, yes. not factoring in things like, well, if Congress will let me do it, I'll yes. do blah, blah, blah. Um, but anyway, regardless. At a latter point in the debate, she argued American women, each and every one of them, quote, are on fire, unquote. <laughs> we've marched, we've organized, we've run for office. Boy, that, that seems like a much bigger public health threat than, uh, than, than abortion access. Uh, quote, we've marched, we've organized, we've run for office, and we've won, she insisted. But our rights are under attack like never before well, by President won, Trump. If you've won so much, how come uh, Republicans have the White House and we just appointed a bunch of Supreme Court justices? Anyway. They're under attack, which is why I went to the front lines in Georgia to fight for them. Many in the media recognized her remarks. Uh, oh, my gosh. Ugh. Christian Gillibrand gave her opponents a history lesson on abortion politics, what read one Vox headline, while Teen Vogue commended only four candidates had the courage to say abortion at the Democratic debates, including Gillibrand. Okay. Does it really take a lot of courage to talk about abortion favorably at a Democratic I, debate? I also love the fact, John, that Teen Vogue, which... I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big consumer of that magazine. I just thought that they would be talking about fashion and maybe other important issues. Well, no, Teen Vogue's big on talking about things like, hey, maybe you should become a prostitute. And hey, here's a whole thing about really dangerous sex acts. So that's what Teen Vogue's into these and, days. And that's not a joke. That's Those not are a actual joke. headlines. Or maybe that was 17. I don't no, know. No, no, that was Teen Vogue okay. as well. All right. Okay, when we come back, we will finish this article and a little bit more of the recap of the presidential debate, along with Senate NBA talk there you go. on Life Family Brisket. Welcome back to Life, Family, Liberty. I am your host, Jonathan Keller. You may have noticed I ended the last segment by replacing the word liberty with brisket because... He was still eating a bunch of brisket. Well, and I mean, isn't part of the founding father's goal, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yes. I would say that 
in its purest form is it's, grilled it's, meat. It's grilled meat. There yeah. you go. The the founders actually originally, John, I know you know this, but our audience of probably course. doesn't, that the the founders originally had thought about making it be part of that, that part of the Declaration of Independence, not uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but life, liberty, and the pursuit of property. Yeah, that is true. Because it was a big deal back then to own your own land, your own piece of the world. And I kind of is a, an example of sort of the differences in liberal theory between John Locke and Thomas Hobbes and how Locke was very much focused on economic liberty as something that was being pursued. So it, it sort of shows the Lockean influence. And John Locke, who was a British philosopher uh, before the revolution, is often referred to as an unofficial founding father, because even though he wasn't in America or from America, his theory really underlied was underlying a lot of what uh, the founders were doing. Regardless of what you think of John Locke. And plus, at least having not read much of the original source material of either of them, but from what I have read from paraphrases and heard from lectures, Thomas Hobbes was a little bit mo-crazy. Mo well, I feel like they're kind of equally crazy in a lot of ways, but that's just me. That's for, uh, that's that's for, just a, your that's for another... Sensibilities that's just your That's for another discussion for another time. Um, that being said, I think that no one would disagree. I don't think that Thomas Jefferson or... Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, George Washington, even Alexander Hamilton uh, would disagree with the pursuit of brisket being a good that should be universally acknowledged. Yes, as much as I despise the musical Hamilton and everyone who likes <laughs> I it. I was about to start singing it, but I figured I'd, I'd wait for you. So anyway. Wait, I, so okay, John, I'm sorry. I wasn't planning to talk about this, but since we brought up musicals, I I know that you, if I'm correct, you're not much of a musical fan in general, correct? Hate them. Don't Hate like them. How about... Just just go with me. Are, are you at least... Is your, your wife like musicals slightly more? I think she My wife likes, was raised on them, so she likes okay. them much better. I think Holly doesn't hate them as much as I do, but I don't think she's like a huge fan. Are, are Have you seen at least the musical The Music Man? I have not. Okay. Well, then... It seems like something I'd hate. You you might actually like it because... Well, you say that. I yeah, Well, I think you'd like it better than most movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'll put it that way. It's well, a low bar. Well, here's the thing. I hate singing in the rain. Oh, well. So if I hate singing in the rain, you think I'm going to like the music, man? I, I, I think you might. It, it is, um, it's a little bit unconventional because the hero of the musical is a con man who goes to Ari uh, uh, Iowa. Is there a lot of singing? There, There is a fair amount of singing. Yeah, but probably they also, not going to like it. They also it. make fun of Gary, Indiana. Yeah, I've heard that song. Not yeah, a fan. There you go. Um. Well, then you then you will not care as much about no, that. No, so, I won't. So so we'll Just, sh uh, everyone everyone who tries to convince me about a musical, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going <laughs> to happen. Okay, I'm not gonna like I, this musical that you say. Oh, you'll I, like this one. You know, no, I really won't. I, I, I I've, I've never listened to a musical where I th where I didn't have the thought. Man, this play would be really interesting if people would just stop singing and let the plot move along at I, a natural pace. I uh, I maintain that I think you should watch it at some point. My only fear is that if, if your girls see it, then they will stop singing. They will start singing, singing it endlessly. So. Yeah, that's probably true. But, you know, that's fine. So, John, before we discuss uh, uh, the closing of this article and the, the Democrats' extreme position on abortion, mm -hmm. I, I do want to at least briefly talk about the, the crazy six hours. As I, as I saw on ESPN yesterday, it says the six hours that changed the NBA. Yes. And blows the title picture wide open. So, last night... June 30th was the beginning of the NBA free agency period. Yes. And just before it was leaked that Kevin Durant, the biggest news 
massive change was Kevin Durant uh, was deciding to pull up stakes from Golden State, and he was going to go to not New York, not to New Brooklyn, York, to Brooklyn, to the Nets, and it seems kind of a uh, kind of along sad. with along with noted malcontent Kyrie Irving. <laughs> So you have two people who are constantly grumpy, both on the same team together. It should be good. Uh, Do you it could be Kevin, epically. Is, it could be an epic disaster. Is Kevin Durant more grumpy than than LeBron? Oh, a hundred percent. Really? Kevin Durant is constantly angry. I did not realize uh, he's, that. He's he's extremely grumpy and angry, and Kyrie Irving is even more grumpy and angry, which is why he completely ruined the chemistry on the Celtics last year. And the Celtics were practically ready to drive him to the airport. They hated him so much. Uh, wow. And uh, I think the whole Brooklyn thing could be a huge disaster. I think Kyrie could just act like a huge jerk for all this year. And then Kevin Durant will come back, but he won't be as good as he used to be because he just tore his Achilles. So I think the whole thing could be a huge epic disaster. It could be. Could be really good. Could be a huge disaster. So that's going to be one of the interesting things. The other thing that I think is uh, fascinating, John, I don't know if you've heard the the rapidly changing fortunes of the Lakers. Well, yeah. So the Lakers have Anthony Davis, they have LeBron, and they might be able to get Kawhi Leonard. And that's really the only thing that matters, I think, and, well, where Kawhi goes. If he goes somewhere, they become the favorite to win the whole thing. I, I think that's quite possible. It, I mean, if he goes and joins up with another superstar. Yeah. Um, Even if not, I mean, he won a title without a superstar just this year. So. That's true. That's true. Basically um, the best player in the league. He So, so for Kawhi, which is weird because I... I don't know. He's he's not remotely as flashy as I think a lot of the other players in the league. But nope. pretty boring, pretty dull guy. Just really, really good at basketball. Um, the thing that's interesting, though, John, if he does go to the Lakers, the other rumor is that uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Andre Iguodala, excuse me, he is being traded to the Grizzlies. Yes, he is. Do you to make cap space for D'Angelo Russell? Who I don't even know who D'Angelo Russell is. I guess he's been traded from the Nets to the. Uh, he's. Uh, he was, I think, the second pick in the draft uh, the, a couple years ago. Had that big, weird scandal where he uh, accidentally released a video of Swaggy P, uh, Nick Young, <laughs> bragging about cheating on his girlfriend, oh, no. uh, his fiance, which led to him being traded away from Los Angeles in disgrace. He played for Brooklyn for a couple of years, but he was still really good, and he's really good, and now he's gotten traded to the Warriors. So, well, uh, I didn't, I, okay, I vaguely heard that story about some person releasing a video so that yes. is uh nick young's girlfriend at that time was iggy azalea the rapper girl Oy so, yeah, yeah well it was, it was a whole it was a whole to do so it'll be it'll be fascinating oh i also do think deandre is it deandre jordan yeah him and his walker yeah yeah, yeah deandre walker there you no, go. no 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 his actual walker because oh. he's an old man now and it totally washed up for two years oh well okay all right well i, I th but he's going to the to brooklyn too so yes, i thought is. that was a big deal so. he's only going there because he's uh, he's friends with Kevin Durant. Okay. And well, they need to have someone with Kevin Durant to make him happy. Okay. So, so, so the thing that's interesting though, John, is, is if, um, since Andre Iguodala went to the Grizzlies, their rumor is that they're going to buy out his contract and he may be going to Los Angeles. I was going to say a retirement home. No, oh. no. Come on. He's, he's, he's still a good player. Mm. He won six man of the year. He, he won like five years ago. Well, you know, he's an old man. I'm right. So who's being paid too much money? <laughs> well, relative folks, to his value, let me tell you, Bill Belichick wouldn't be keeping his his rear end around. <laughs> Bill Belichick would have, hey Andre, you've done a lot of great things for us. Time but, to uh, time to put you out to pasture. Looking to go in a different direction. Uh, to 
on to Los Angeles. Here's a commemorative hoodie. Yeah. Uh, uh, my name is Bill Belichick. I wore this last night. You could have it. I basically have a computer in my head, and I know what every player is worth to the dollar, and you're making $5 too much, so we're going to have to cut you. Yeah. So, That's why Bill Belichick's the best. He has no sentiment. He's oh, a robot, man. and as soon as you are being paid more than you're worth, he gets rid of you. Cold and dispassionate. Yeah, that's why he's only won six Super Bowls. Well, folks, that's been the NBA and NFL talks portion of the show. We promise we won't do it again for another year. Well, or at least we another two weeks. Anyway, so we'll 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 definitely talk more about basketball in the future. But John, as we close out um, next week. Um, it, there's going to be not, a, I think, a lot of news, not a lot of developments between now and next week. Uh, but I need to see when the next Democratic presidential debate is. I think they're coming up soon. Now, the thing about the Democratic debates is that they still have like 20 people apiece. It's too many people. Basically, everyone's just, it's not really a debate. It's just people coming up and giving like their campaign elevator pitches and trying to yell over each other and interrupt each other to get as much screen time as they possibly can. Uh, I heard someone make the accurate comment that no one really helps themselves in these debates. Mm -hmm. Everyone just manages to, you either hurt yourself or you sort of stand pat, which I think is fair. Um, I don't know that anyone's really separated themselves as a result of these debates. Some people looked way worse, like Beto O'Rourke. Um, and that boy, that train has come to a crashing halt. <laughs> After Beto tried to start speaking in Spanish for some reason, he and Cory Booker both. Um, very strange. So uh, there are going to be a bazillion more of these, and really what they need to do is just cut off like 15 of these 20 candidates and just have a debate with the adults in the room and have the cutoff line be maybe Senator Amy Klobuchar and, and no one with fewer... Uh, no one who's doing worse in the polls than her should be allowed even on the stage. So... <laughs> Um, Although I did one time, my wife did one time see Amy the, Klobuchar. The infamous story. Yeah, she one time saw Senator Amy Klobuchar, the senator from Minnesota who's running for president. My wife, as a high schooler visiting Washington, D.C. and meeting Senator Amy Klobuchar, saw her once accidentally mistake <laughs> a bowl of salad dressing for soup and try to eat it like it was soup and take a number of bites. So um, Amy Klobuchar you know, maybe wants to be president of the really United States. really likes ranch dressing, John. And yelling at her staff. That's true. Um, okay, folks, uh, we're not even going to have time to cover the rest of this article. So on the, on next week's show, I think what we'll do for next week's show, because there's so much data, we will just we'll just continue to analyze this debate. The next debate is not until the end of July. So look forward to next Monday's show, which will definitely be taped next Monday. Uh, or at least it'll be played next Monday. There you go. As uh, far as you all know. As far as you all know, you will hear more updates from the Democratic presidential debates on the next episode of Life, Family, Liberty. See you next week. <laughs>